You're listening to the New Century Multiverse. Let them go. Chapter 15 In the House It was the tinkling crunch of a window being broken. A brief moment of denial followed, wherein Rebecca told herself it was not a sign that something was crawling into the house. A second crunch put her onto full alert, holding the candle in one hand and the shotgun in the other. Only now did she register that the stopping power of the birdshot in the gun would not outright finish an animal of that size. Additionally, the weapon was so long, heavy, and unwieldy that it could not be fired one-handed, at least not with any degree of accuracy. Her precious shots would be wild and wasted. How had Rafe held this thing? He had a lantern. That was outside on the ground. She attempted to rest the barrel over her extended left hand, tilting the candle. But it was so short it burned the webbing between her thumb and forefinger. <laughs> Rebecca yelped, and the metal of the barrel knocked against the flame, snuffing it out and plunging her into total darkness. From downstairs came a thump, and more whispering glass. A wave of panic rushed through her. Rebecca lowered the shotgun blindly and groped at the bag at her hip as her breath whistled in and out rapidly. Her fingers found the shape of the box of matches and moved them to the hand with the candle, sliding one out and striking it to return this speck of bright yellow to the hallway. Shaking, she lit the wick and saw spots of molten wax already drying into the carpet. She inspected the muzzle and saw how the two parallel cylinders created a level surface, then held the candle up above that area and purposefully tipped it sideways, dripping into the channel between and over the top. The liquid wax ran out, so she broke pieces off the sides of the candle for additional adhesive before balancing the stub horizontally on top of the sticky gathered residue. Rebecca held it still for a minute, blowing at the corners as the flame flickered, before finally, tentatively taking the shotgun firmly in two hands, extending the light out before her and holding it steady and flat. Now all that was required was for her to move her feet. The woman stepped down the stairs carefully, every creak attacking her resolve. Darkness surrounded her, oppressive and cold, rendering everything within its grasp invisible and ephemeral. The shapes of this place loomed out like the fragmented corners of a shifting dream. On some primal level, she finally understood the terror of the dark. Because if nothing could be seen, there was a possibility it no longer existed at all, and what might have been put in its place was alien and eldritch the twisted ghost of what was there when the world was light and observed and understandable. This was a boundless place of all-consuming ambiguity. 
The embers in the parlour had died to a faint orange glow. Why had they not fed this with pieces of shattered furniture when it was blazing away earlier? No, then the plan had been to sit still and quiet and listen. Well, she could most definitely hear something now. A shape moved across the floor. It was never illuminated, but the air bent aside and she could smell it. An earthy, hot, sweating animal. There was a hiss. And Rebecca was rooted to the spot, halfway down the last flight of stairs. Whatever was in the parlour could see her. Moving out into that space would expose her to the left and to the front. Rebecca stood rigid. Fear had her in its grip. She could not beat this thing. It was too cunning, waiting when it should attack. But holding her position too long would cause her strength to flag. The tension would overwhelm her senses. Sound judgment would become steadily more impaired with every passing moment. Trembling, she lifted her right foot from the lower step and moved back up a space. There was a padding sound. And in front of her, the world was filled with a dark moving mass and two orange eyes. And suddenly, it was illuminated in the candlelight. A horrific rictus grin dominating its features. A snarl blew the flame out, and Rebecca screamed in fright as its pouncing frame knocked aside the muzzle. She pulled the triggers reflexively, and two rounds exploded outwards into its chest and neck, briefly lighting up the stairwell and thundering louder than Rebecca would have thought a gun could be. There was a moment. Her ears rang. The bargast had been thrown backwards to the lowest step, and as her sense of hearing crawled back into place, Rebecca realized it was screaming. Hurling herself forward, she half tumbled down the stairs and leapt over the flailing body. Now the parlor could be partly seen within the faint orange luminescence of the fireplace embers. Lying on the coffee table was the brass poker. Throwing the shotgun onto the nearest couch, Rebecca grabbed the poker and crossed the gap between them. She brought the metal rod down hard upon its skull. There was a crack, and the scream redoubled in volume and intensity as the bargast now kicked out and lurched towards her along the ground. Rebecca cried out and beat down with the poker again and again, pulling her feet back and away from its swollen claws. It was blinded now, maddened and dying, but still it clung to life. Flopping sideways and curling up, it made to rise, howling in pain with every jerking movement. Rebecca scanned the table where all of Aunt Cleo's tools still lay. Dropping the poker, she stooped to grasp the meat cleaver. It was clumsy and unwieldy, and a roar of dismay and rage tore forth as the cleaver circled through the air and caught the side of its neck. A powerful impact, a spray, a twist, and the body dropped to the ground, croaking its last. The blow had caught the place where the spine ran up to the back of the neck. The remnants of the candle lay by the stairs, shattered and unusable. Remembering something Amanda had once read her about blood infections, Rebecca shakily made her way across to the drinks cabinet, uncorked a bottle of vodka, and splashed her wet hands with the clear, burning liquid, 
wiping off her cheek and trying to compose herself as the gurgling from the corner ceased. It had taken three attempts to dispatch in three different ways. Exhaustion and shock were dragging at her resolve and Rebecca was unsure if she had another left in her. The body, lying in a twisted heap, had been the male that had attacked and helped to kill Cleo. For the first time, Rebecca felt a grim surge of satisfaction. How many did that leave? Cleo had shot Mr. Cavendish in the head. So only Elsie. Poor woman. What had become of her? It was while pondering this that Rebecca knew at last the most horrifying reality must be confronted. If Elsie remained, and had herself been bitten and infected with whatever this was, rabies seemed such a mundane, almost childish term for what she had just faced. Then that meant Dawson. And it meant... A thundering impact on the cellar door, and Rebecca's heart leapt, jolting her into action. The wood held, but there was an accompanying sound of splintering, and hairline cracks in its painted surface could now be seen. Looking around frantically, Rebecca began raiding the pockets of Dawson's jacket, which had been cast to one side. Another impact, and a low, savage growl from within, chilling her blood. There was no yellow ammunition. They must have been in his trouser pockets, upon his person behind that door. She could not handle this. She was going to die. It was just a matter of time. There was only one thing left to do. been listening to the new century multiverse let them go episode 15 in the house written narrated and directed by alexander shaw rebecca wolverton performed by sharon shaw burwell dawson performed by matt ramsey creature noises performed by matt wardle blacklight composed and performed by ross bugden Vanishing, composed and performed by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. Many soundscapes provided by Tabletop Audio. New Century is funded by our kind, generous supporters on Patreon. You people make the shows happen. And our $15 tier get a special named sponsorship credit on every episode. So a big thank you to Joel Robinson, Abel Savard, Kevin Otero, Luke Hatfield, Nick Ord, Sarah Montgomery, Duran Barnett, Tom Painter, Finbar Nicole, Jameis Enright, Mark Lush, Dan Mayer, Joe Crow, Chris Finnick, Toby Junkius, Dave Hickman, Aaron Lacluse, David Garcia Abril, Kieran Datchler, and Lorraine Chisholm. In a heartbeat, 